Hey, WWE. If somebody is being pinned in the ring, and someone else who's not in the match grabs the person, drags them out of the ring, that's a DQ. They've officially altered the outcome of the match, and you should probably know your own rules to a wrestling match since you've been in business for 70 years. Welcome back to Getting Over in 15 Minutes. Today we're going to talk about John Silver, amongst a bunch of other things. But, uh, focusing on John Silver because he's an outstanding talent. He's really, uh, really starting to make a name for himself. And you'll have to forgive me, I don't have any notes on John Silver, but after his performance on Dynamite this past week for the Tribute Show, and uh, just an overall outstanding year that he's had in AEW. From uh, going to, you know, dark matches to all of a sudden being in essentially main event spots. It's, it's been quite a journey for him. And I was unfamiliar with him previously, uh, previous to AEW. So when I started watching him, you know, I didn't really see much there until he started showing up on uh, Being the Elite on YouTube. Being the Elite is a series on YouTube. It's kind of like a mix of behind the scenes for uh, attacking the Young Bucks. At the same time, they also uh, like to have fun. They make their own crazy skits, just being themselves, having a good time. Uh, so if you haven't seen Being the Elite on YouTube, every week they uh, post a new video. Mondays at noon. I definitely recommend checking that out. So John Silver, um, mostly known for his Dark Order skits on BTE, which has now been something that we're seeing slowly transition into uh, TV, not just on those segments. And it's been, again, great to watch this uh, transition from someone who's funny on BTE to also funny in the ring and also an outstanding wrestler. It's, uh, it's great to see how much energy he has. Uh, him and his tag partner, Alex Reynolds, work great together. It's uh, great to see not only that he's um, making himself a star, but everyone around him in dark order. And yeah, you could say it all started with Brody Lee and the papers, throwing the papers at people, but honestly, I think this kid was going to be a star regardless, and uh, it was just a matter of time before we all noticed, and I'm sure a lot of others noticed before I did. Uh, they were a tag team called the Beaver Boys uh, before joining AEW, and I take it they had enough recognition to uh, get their foot in the door for... AEW, and that's how they started out there, doing a couple matches on Dark, and before you know it, they were asked to join the Dark Order, and here we are. So this past Wednesday night, 
we had MJF teaming with Santana Ortiz to go against Hangman Page, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds. So, this match was... It was an excellent match, um, but I bring it up because John Silver was able to get the pin for this match. Him and John Reynolds have this amazing spot where they both go back and forth beating the crap out of the person before they pin them and it's every time they do it it's just it's it's so great to see it kind of reminds me a bit of well a couple things a bit of the young bucks but also john silver reminds me a bit of daniel bryan uh just for his energy alone and i knew when the match started that he was going to be the one getting the hot tag it was just it was so obvious but at the same time it was it had to be that way it needed to be that way. If it was any other way, I probably would have been disappointed in the match. So he gets that hot tag and the whole place just erupts. It was exactly what it needed to be. And him getting the pinfall was very emotional. Everyone was there for him and you could tell he was definitely one of the most um, who took this uh, loss very, very hard of Brody Lee passing away. Uh, him and I would say uh, the referee Bryce, uh, he also was definitely having a rough time keeping it together. Um, Cole Cabana is another one. They all struggled. That being said, um, it was a uh, hard episode to watch, but at the same time, I have never seen a better wrestling tribute show in my life. So, hats off to AEW for that. They did a great job. And I'm looking forward to the uh, New Year's Smash episodes that are coming. Uh, starting this week, we're going to have the first one. And it was actually supposed to happen last week, but it needed to be postponed for this. And I'm very glad they did. Um, so we get out of that touching moment and celebrate the life of Brody Lee. So here's the last thing I'm going to say about John Silver. And it's the most important thing that I'm going to say. And that is, this is the year of John Silver. We're going to see... A massive push for him. I don't know if it's necessarily going to lead to a title this year. It might. Um, I would love it too. I would love for this to be um, a year that John Silver gets some gold. Whether it's a tag title or the TNT Championship, I do see gold in his future regardless. He's an excellent talent and I look forward to seeing uh, his journey continue in AEW. Alright, so I'm going to get into my notes that I wrote a few weeks ago on the last episode that we had of NXT UK. I'm very, very passionate about this show, as my friends know, and not a lot of people watch it. Um, so I'm going to get into this because there's a lot of things that are that need to be talked about. Let's start with the, the women's champion, Kaylee Ray. She comes out in UK two weeks ago and she says... In so many words that there's no one left to challenge her for her championship. This was the absolute perfect moment for the lights to go down and Eve of Valkyrie to come out. And there's not a single reason you can give me for why this hasn't happened yet. She's been ready for a title shot for months now. Hell, she was ready before COVID even happened. I would have put her in that spot, personally. And now it's been another two weeks that she hasn't been on TV. Outside of the two weeks that they're off TV for the holidays. You know, the commentators talked about Sasha Banks wanting to face Kaylee Ray. That's even more reason 
for this feud with Valkyrie and Kaylee Reed to happen. So we can have Valkyrie beat Kaylee for the title, send Kaylee down to SmackDown, and have a big match for the women's title at the Royal Rumble. It bugs itself. I don't see why we haven't done this. Instead, we're getting Carmella again versus Sasha Banks. And in my opinion, they completely botched bringing Carmella back. They gave her this big, huge, epic entrance, and they have her lose immediately to Sasha in her first match back. What they should have done is bring Carmella back, give her a bunch of enhancement matches, have it build to a title match, instead of just throwing her right into the match with Sasha. It was unnecessary. They could have made her at least a little bit more credible of an opponent for Sasha, but they didn't do that. And over in UK, it's not much better. We're getting Ginny versus Piper Niven in the number one contenders match. And it's you know, only a 15-minute podcast here, so let me try to sum up why I hate this. Piper Niven has already had enough UK championship shots. I'm done with it. I don't want to see it again. Kaylee Ray is a heel. Ginny is a heel. Now, where heel-on-heel matches definitely do work, there is a place for them. I have zero interest in this match. As I've talked about in other podcasts, and I've talked about for about 10 minutes on one of them, Ginny shouldn't even be in the UK. She's better than that title. She needs to be on Raw or SmackDown. Or NXT, for that matter. To be honest, I'm more upset about the stipulation than the match itself. You know, the match itself is not not too bad. I don't mind seeing that. Just not with the stipulation in place. The spot of number one contender belongs to Eva Valkyrie. They've been building her up for months. Just give her the shot. Another travesty in the UK is Ilya Dragunov. Someone who's been one of my favorites for a long, long time. He has this brutally devastating match with Walter. I mean, it was just one of the most brutal matches I've ever seen in wrestling. And what do they have him doing now? A character refresh. A character refresh for someone who doesn't need it. It's the last thing he needs. They should have let him beat Walter for the the belt. He was the perfect contender to do it. Nope, instead now he's starting from scratch. For no reason. Other than... They just don't know what to do with him, probably. I know what to do with him. Push him to the moon. Send him to the US. Have him squash everyone in the company. This is a waste of his talents and everyone's time. Especially his time. They've also dropped the ball with Dave Mastiff. Someone who could be one of their top talents in the entire company right now. Nope, they're going to have him feud with Saxon Puxley. Which is fine, I guess. But that's someone that I just can't stand at the moment. And the reason... The reason I can't stand this guy... Is because we have no crowds. To further explain... He's one of those wrestlers who has to make a noise... Every time he exhales. Must you make a noise... Every. Time. You. Exhale. Why is he doing this? It's just, it's the most annoying thing in the entire world. I zone out of his matches because I'm so disinterested in what's happening because he won't stop making noises. If anyone was just listening 
to what's happening in my room and not looking at the screen, they would really be wondering what I was watching. Alright, so let's move on from the UK and let's talk about SmackDown for a minute. Sonya Deville is back. And this is something I should be super excited about. Something a lot of people should be excited about. However, after all the mess she went through, being in the spotlight the way she was, something nobody should have to go through, that horrible mess. After all of that, she comes back to a very lackluster, no fanfare, just (laughs) joke of a return. Here's the thing, WWE, you have a massive star in Sonya Deville. You don't realize what you're sitting on. You are sitting on pure gold and you're doing absolutely nothing with it. She comes back in a backstage segment and they're just like, oh, here's Sonya Deville. She's up. She's back, I guess. Like, she, you know, you got the Royal Rumble right around the corner. Right around the corner. Could have made a huge return there. It would have made a lot more sense. You know, she's got the perfect background in MMA. She could have easily been built up as a killer in the ring. And they were already dropping the ball with her again. Like they do with every single one of these people. It really makes you wonder. It really makes you wonder. Why do I keep watching this show? Guys, tell me. Why am I still watching this product? When AEW is doing it so much better. There are things I love in WWE. There are reasons I stick around. The Fiend being a big one of them. But you know... Sean Ross had a Fightful, one of my favorite people to follow. He ran two different polls. One was for best new match type, cinematic. One was best new match type, non-cinematic. And uh, both were filled with uh, shows from different companies. You know, WWE, AEW, NXT. And uh, Stadium Stampede won for cinematic which is AEW, for those who do not know. And then the Fight Pit won for NXT, which, again, I'm super excited for the next Fight Pit match. It's going to be the second one ever in history. And uh, it just goes to show you guys, there is good stuff out there in both products. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this week. Thanks for tuning in, wherever you are, whoever you are. Bye-bye.